Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Winging F1 podcast. There's five more car launches to get through. One of them hasn't actually happened yet, but hopefully will have happened by the end of the podcast. And let's end Edston gets by, hit by a meteor, even though it's not in Edston. But we're going to be talking about Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, Aston Martin, and Alpine. But to do that, joining me are one person who's met Emma Raducanu and one person who calls his alarm clock Emma Raducanu. Freddie, how are you? Hello, um, I'm I'm good, thank you. I, that implies that I'm both of those people. Um, <laughs> I'll let the audience figure out which is which. Yes, um, Nigel, what was it like waking up to Emma Raducanu? Um, bloody hell! <laughs> the re- the reason he <laughs> the reason he said that is because on the last podcast I made a reference to his shower. And that's why I said something about my clock. <laughs> so you're what? I've had an opportunity to plug the previous podcast where you can listen to three team launches. Oh god. From two people. On, on various social media platforms uh audio platforms yeah, and no social media platforms. No social media. <laughs> it's not it's not a fifty minute um video on an Instagram on its own. We'd need five Twitter blue accounts for that. <laughs> Nigel, how are None you? None of us have Twitter, believe. How about I'm I'm fine, mate. There we go. There we go. Box ticked. Fantastic. So <laughs> <laughs> Nigel will be chattier in this episode. We hope actually. We've not. We don't know. It's, it's, not, not, the only box it's, it's not the only box I've ticked in my life. <laughs> oh, I, I I honestly couldn't oh. go. That's about liveries. I'm more about how the cars go and track me. Oh look, it's a car. Oh, it's being launched. Oh, there's not a driver in it. Oh, it's oh, painted. Oh, there is. It's painted, or is it? Or is it just carbon fiber? We didn't have that. <laughs> we don't need any day, of that carbon fiber. Cars were built out of steel. <laughs> Proper manly in, cars, made out of aluminium top... and tin and moss. Descended into a Top Gear bit there. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll start... we used to race whippets. We didn't race cars. Greyhounds. Right. Nigel still does work, race whippets, but a prancing horse that will be racing. The latest greyhound. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a, it's a, it's a black dog with a turquoise collar. <laughs> I'm not picturing a Mercedes greyhound bus, but just like a massively stretched F1 car that's got people in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be double decker. No, that's one uh. of the more um, um, lateral viewpoints. I think this podcast has got. <laughs> There's a lot of competition for that. So yeah, there is. Quite an accolade. Whim- whimsical F1 podcasts. What a category. But we will start with not talking about Whippets or Greyhounds, but talking about a prancing horse instead, because Ferrari launched an aircar, which is basically the same as last year's car with a bit more black on it. And as we'll discuss over a number of these teams, then there's various degrees of painting it black so that it won't be painted black it will just be carbon fiber and that saves weight but freddie first thoughts on the ferrari i I, my first thoughts on the ferrari is that i really like the launch event um they somehow made it an interesting occasion best Uh, launch ever yeah i i would agree um but the spice girls were at one yeah and my mum was at that as well to be fair which ranks it I thought oh. you were going to say your mum was part of the Spice Girls. I was like, that's news to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually Christian Horner's stepson. <laughs> She's still got the Union Jack dress. <laughs> Blimey. Um, 
Anyway, back to Ferrari. We were talking um, about this last last week. We were saying okay. how we got a bit more off the rails when Freddie wasn't there, and it's just me and Nigel. And then it's just carried on, even though Freddie's back. He's not arrested the slide at all. In fact, he's added to it. <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 um, I think it's because, to be honest, with car launches, there's not very much to talk about. Yeah. But you've kind of got to spin quite a lot. And so, sort of, what can I say about the Ferrari? I, I, I thought it. It was very well done. It was very slick, the launch. I thought the car looked stylish, but it's a Ferrari that pretty much invariably looks stylish. Um, Leclerc and Sainz were definitely buoyant. Fred Vasseur was definitely uh, coming across very well. And they there was they oozed confidence, which wasn't didn't feel misplaced. Like you can sometimes get the impression you get the impression of Ferrari for recent years that it's kind of like, we know we should say that we're good and we're Ferrari and everything, but we also are scared to say anything. But they were just calm and comfortable. And despite having a massive audience on Fiorano's first ever grandstand, I think, um, they, they, you know, they did a a nice job. And I think, you know, my my main takeaway is that it's brave to do a live track car at a car launch live streamed on the internet that is brave stuff so fair play to him for that and you know they've done weight saving stylishly and it's still red so great i agree yeah i, I think it, i think it's the best looking car on the grid it's the best launch i've ever seen in f1 and i'm not a big fan of launches in general so for me to say oh. that's quite quite a big credit uh i i've got a good feeling about them this year I think they are going to win the World Championship this year. No, this is the year. This I think. Well, a few races last, last year, year mate. They've got the best. Te- the they've got the best technical team on the grid. I think, and I think they're going to win this year. Said that last year, mate. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. I think we'll have to see what the car looks like um, once it hits the track in Bahrain for testing. But the only thing, other thing I'll add is I really like the old Ferrari logo on the rear ring with the like top thing of the F spreading all the way along because I had a Lego set of that at my grandma's house when I went there when I was little and it had those that logo on. So it was a reminisce for me. But other than that, yeah, I think it looks good. I'd say... I'd say it's up there. I wouldn't say it's the best looking car on the grid, but I think it's pretty close. And yeah, I'm excited, excited to see the the kind of vibe around the teams. Team seems very good, so just have to see how it goes when what, they actually get what the I, What I think is interesting is they've kept pretty much the same concept as last year. They've not evolved towards Red Bull's concept. So the three big teams, Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull, have still got very different concepts, which I think is just interesting in general. Because if Ferrari and Mercedes did go towards a Red Bull concept, I'd think, right, that means they don't, they don't have much trust and they are going to naturally be a bit behind. But they've stuck with it, stuck to their guns, and they seem quite confident, as they, as, as they should be. And I've got confidence in them as well. Uh, so, yeah, we will have to wait and see. But mm-hmm. if you look at a progression Ferrari have made technically, and if you look at their second years after new yeah. regulations... They generally do very, very well. So that's why I've got a lot of confidence in them. Yeah, I, I agree actually with what you're saying about how they've doubled down on their concepts. It is it is it does inspire confidence because they you know, they're not they're not stupid and um historically when they've done their own thing in development it's usually it's usually worked. Um yes, for Ferrari there were finickety situations with their power unit and so on at the end of the latest 
rule set, which meant they then had a car that was designed for an entirely different under car, if that makes sense. Um, the aerodynamics wasn't designed for how it was deploying the power, but when it was all in working in one, it was working well. And same with Mercedes with their um, pretty sort of unique but successful low rate concept. Um, so transposing that, you know, historically there is there is good um, a good track record for both teams in that in following their following their noses. So hopefully it works out for them. I, I agree with Nigel. It's fun to see different concepts and fun to see a. a a variety because yeah that they are quite prescriptive regulations but they're not prescriptive at the same time yeah said. weirdly yeah it's I, yeah so they have gone with the kind of bathtub sides um like they did last year i think as you kind of referenced it there freddie that re really it's the power unit will define this car as much as um what we've seen and that's the thing with all car launches i mean ferrari obviously have their own power unit but you know the floor is obviously huge and we don't see any of that at car launches so um they're two big things that we don't know anything about but like you say i think the progressive we know some things about um we do know that ferrari have been quite confident in that they've sorted the reliability issues that really held them back last year they've they've basically come out and said yeah that's sorted and that's a few tenths that we had to turn down from the car um when you look at sort of austria where they had a um color science caught fire and baku had a double retirement and things like that and then since then they they were they, that you can sort of point to that as sort of ferrari then dropping off quite a bit because they turned their engine down and they admitted to that um but they, they they've said and however much of this you can sort of take at face value in that but that they will be running the engine um Nigel shaking said say none of it well but... well that's kind of what that's where I was going really that um right. I think we won't know that for certain until 10 races into the season um so yeah but Ferrari have made very good noise on that and it's a good good looking car and you know hopefully we'll be able to challenge for the title across the whole season and Mercedes like we said have also gone with their pretty minimal side pods um package from last year and hopefully you know they'll hope that they've sorted out the porpoising but yeah I kind of just tacking on to what you said, it's really good to see that they're following their own design concept because a lot of the teams are going for that, you know, Red Bull, just maximizing the space between kind of the top of um, the side pods and then kind of dipping under and having a huge space between that and the floor. So it's really good to see Mercedes do that because if you follow Red Bull's concept from last year, your ceiling, you know, is that kind of where they were last year and Red Bull are going to be a step ahead of that. So you're never going to be able to, you know, consistently fight against them if you're always playing catch up from a year behind. So yeah, I think it's really, good to see that Mercedes are sticking with their guns that they've not kind of abandoned a concept that was radical and did kind of get not exactly laughed at but um you know was just not didn't work for them last year as a whole and yeah I think it's really it's good to see that they've followed with that they've obviously got a new livery as well they've gone for return to the blackout um livery and after two oh sorry one year is the silver arrows this time it's not for um kind of making it stand against racism and promoting diversity reasons. It's for weight saving so they don't have to paint a lot of it, which we're seeing a lot of teams do to kind of, um, you know, greater or lesser extents, but certainly for Mercedes, then they've taken it to the extreme. Nigel, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I do think, is it going to be a bit overweight? Like, have they done that because they think it is going to be 10, 15, 20 kilograms overweight? Uh, or they could just be, of course, trying to, you know, maximise the performance. Uh, because it was like, one of the most overweight cars last year, wasn't it? The Mercedes, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, 
right? And, and Hamilton, yeah. I mean, Hamilton said that they thought last year's car was going to be on weight and make the minimum mm-hmm. weight um, until kind of they got they got on track or got it, you know, actually built it and it was overweight. So, yeah, but yeah, they had prob they had a problem uh, on the little demo run they did on the what day is it today on the Wednesday uh, but they said it was nothing uh, so I think uh, I'm saying this I don't know I just they obviously say they're going to be back and stuff but I just can't quite believe in it yet I think they've lost a lot of key technical people over the last few years and I feel that I feel like over the last 18 months or so, we've kind of seen the effect of that and I kind of expect that to continue. Well, so uh, they've not they've know. not actually been that bullish. I mean, they've not, mm. you know, they said they hope to be back and hope to be near the front, but they kind of said that they don't expect or they expect they might not be the fastest team to start with, but they kind of back themselves to um, be a lot closer to the front than they were in 2022 to begin with and then be able to make that gap up if there is one a lot quicker so they're not um yeah they're saying you know they're obviously hoping for a drastic improvement from last year but they've not come out and said they're expecting to be the fastest car in Bahrain I I, I think the problem they've got is the operating window was very narrow last year they need to have made that wider and they need to have understood the tyres better and the uh, raised floor uh, changes that we've got by 15 millimeters. Obviously, they don't want any bouncing, uh, and, be, and we'll see quite early on if they if they do have any bouncing, but they shouldn't. I don't think any teams will. It's just I don't know. There does seem to be something missing from Mercedes, and I don't know if that is the loss of a few technical or something else. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just it's just a feeling that I've that I've, that I've had with them over the last 12, 18 months. I I. I don't really know where to sit with Mercedes because I think, yeah, as you say, they're not very bullish, but also um, there's not that much reason to discount them apart from just the fact they were a little bit off at the start of, well, for most of last year, but they at points were pulling it back last year. And I thought, you know, that did look, that was impressive. That sort of development was impressive last year. So I think it's very much, you're just going to have to see, wait for on track. I think you can rely that Ferrari and Red Bull, Will probably hit the ground running a bit, a bit, a bit more, a bit more likely to hit the ground running just based on where they finished last year. But Mercedes, they, I think, that, yeah, there is probably there is like you say an expectation for by some for them to um, return to the, the you know domination and things like that. And I think, yeah, we just have to wait and see. I would like to have that that sort of to re- that sort of reliable proximity in the fight, but I doubt it yeah. will be I, that. I, 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 th- I think it's the engine for me. I mean, not not just the narrow operator window, but they do seem to now, or over, or over the last 12 months, have had the weakest engine. And that is, you know, just free. But the most reliable. There. Yeah, but if it's not fast, then, you know. Then it will finish racing. Yeah, um, yeah I, th- I think... It depends. We'll have to wait and see. I, I think with Mercedes, then... I'm just kind of not sure. But like, precisely that, just like a, hmm, we don't know yet. And I mean, to be honest, it's... that was me completely forgetting my point as I started to say it. So I, <laughs> well, you know, that I'm, I'm saving you. I'm saving you, Adam. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of like, we don't know where they will stand. And there is they, there are a team with an expectation, but um, from fans and from themselves. So whether they can deliver on that, we'll have to wait and see. But they're, they're the team with the best 
um, chance to break into the fight, consistent fight in the, for the championship. Yeah, no, I've, I've got it back. It's kind of with Mercedes, then a big part of where they need to make improvement from last year is the modeling and the way they, you know, use, you can use their error timing, use kind of, um, you know, like computer generated um, wind tunnel results effectively to actually find out where their car's going to be because Total Wolf, Total Wolf talks about um, their chart of doom or whatever it was um, about where they thought it'd be going wrong. But like ahead of the Brazilian Grand Prix, then Hamilton was saying he doesn't really know what to expect from the car and he didn't expect it to be as competitive there and obviously it ended up winning and they got a one too. So it's I, I think that's a key element for Mercedes is not just the car, but it's whether they've improved their yeah kind of modeling and software or you know i'm not technical technical enough to go know all the ins and outs of it but where they have improved that to know what to expect of the car and know where problems are going to be coming from yeah definitely i mean that's how they got the porpoising problem because yeah it didn't match uh from the winter onto the track so yeah you're absolutely right uh yeah i've got an order in my head i know there's been no testing but i i do have an order in my head so, <laughs> so do I actually, um, but it we is, will reveal that post testing. Um, yeah. My final thing with the Mercedes, I'm not a fan of the blackout. I think it looks good, but I'm just in general. I think you know if we see more teams going towards this to really drastically save weight, I wouldn't be surprised if the FIA bring in maybe a minimum mandated paint um, weight or something like that because I think it kind of feels like it could be a bit of a race to the bottom if more teams, if it's kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card of how to cut kilograms off the car, is just do it a blackout. And in terms of um, their, I guess, branding and identity, going, they they have said that um, when they started in um, in motorsport, then the car was painted white and then it was too heavy, so they scraped off the paint, so it was just the um, aluminium shining through, and that's why that's where the silver comes from. So they're saying it's harking back to the heritage from there, but I do, they are the silver arrows, and it was um you know it was kind of noble and a, a big statement to go with the blackout cars in 2020 and 2021 for the reasons they did but they are the silver arrows and it, it's kind of worrying if they are going to be moving away from that brand identity i think i i, I kind of agree with that and i do like the silver it's kind of my main thing yeah um, <laughs> i i yeah i think it, it, it is it is just a, a nature of where it is at the moment but We'll have to see because most of them have got a little bit of color. You know, the only element of color they've got on the cars are the sort of is the Patronus stripe and then the the driver numbers. And I like how the driver numbers pop with a color, but I just don't like how George's are green in clash with the Patronus turquoise. Very grass I just think, green, isn't it? Yeah, it just is a little bit of an irritating clash. Which you know, knowing knowing Mercedes that will change midway through the season or something because with George's helmet and that like like it did last year, but um. We'll have to see, but um, I think it looks great with the yellow for Lewis. Yeah, I'm surprised. Last, they, my last note on Mercedes. I'm surprised they've not gone with the blue um, that he had last season. But Nigel, what have you got to? I know this is a topic you feel passionately about: driver number <laughs> colours. Uh, I don't know why you've asked me that question. I think you've asked me that question intentionally, knowing that you're not going to get much from me. I mean, I'm Nigel sat say... in a in a beige room with a grey t-shirt on at the moment. Um, <laughs> in the corner of one poster in shot. <laughs> yeah, he's taken down his other posters. Um, uh, I'm just gonna say I disagree with Freddie. There we go. Okay, cool. Why not? Um, I would say, Adam, to your point. Um, to your point about the helmet. Um, 
they didn't really go Mercedes didn't really have their proper helmets as drivers until the first race weekend. No, like I, I meant to have a blue color. Uh, for, yeah, for I, I know, I know. Number, but, but, sorry. but Lewis was using like a purple helmet, like a just placeholder oh, yeah, color until the yeah. first race. So maybe they're going to do an announcement yeah. on it or something with some press thing for the first race or for testing or something. Maybe they're just going to use that to get some column inches. I mean, Nigel's kind of got a similar effect going on with his headphones, really, where they're like kind of black and silver and then they've got the red lights coming up as well. So it's yeah, a, similar... a bit of red, bit of color for Nigel. Yeah, so, you know, Nigel well is... Nigel's paying homage to it, um, even if he oh. doesn't really think much about it. But uh, Nigel, yeah, were you inv- invited to um, whatever it is, New York Fashion Week or something? Um, uh, and... No, I wasn't, but I know oh, somebody no. was. <laughs> yeah, Nigel Freed. Nigel, someone yeah. who like people would do the <laughs> videos of like sneaking like bland clothing into New York Fashion Week and getting like really getting designers to go like you know wow look what this guy's wearing wow yeah like over the top <laughs> analysis wearing, of it. Uh, Max Fosh. <laughs> yeah, you're wearing. That's what I was wow, referencing. Wow, great. Um... <laughs> I don't know why YouTubers. You know, some Fantastic. YouTubers. Someone who's not know, a YouTuber so... is Fernando Alonso, but he was present at, at Aston Martin's launch as they launched their new car at their new headquarters with their new driver lineup and Lawrence Stroll. They're quite <laughs> bullish about what. It's going to about their kind of hope for the season and rising up the pecking order after finishing seventh last year, level of points with Alfa Romeo. So, yeah, what are your impressions of Aston Martin, Freddie? And do you think they can deliver on the hype? Fernando Alonso isn't a YouTuber, but he is now a TikToker. And that's a crucial, a crucial um, inclusion that we have to make that, you know, definitely not because TikTok sponsor Aston Martin. You know who else is a TikToker? MSV.tv. Yeah, thanks. There we go. He's plugged my job. Um, and we follow Fernando Alonso. <laughs> but it's definitely not because Aston Martin is sponsored by TikTok. It's definitely not that. But if you want to go on TikTok... What's it for then, Freddie? It's it's for Fernando Alonso to express himself emotionally um, on social media oh, and okay. to scroll through fun videos of Perry the Platypus or whatever he does. I don't know. <laughs> um, I reckon he likes Toby. <laughs> yeah, so he likes the Toby talks. Um but there's a fantastic video of Fernando Alonso just going, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he strikes me as a kind of like James May going on TikTok character. Yeah. Like there's similar content I, to be had there. There's some, definitely been some good F1 driver TikTok content in recent years, namely Valtteri Bottas um, and George Russell for the Mercedes TikTok account. Um, this is what but... you don't get on other podcasts is analysis of F1, <laughs> F1 drivers' TikToks. Yeah, exactly. don't get analysis on some. Shots yes. Fired. Um, who 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 are you talking about? Like, no, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Move, on, move on from that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna mute myself. I'm mute myself. <laughs> um, but yes, inc- um, incidentally, I agree. Aston Martin have been quite bullish. I did have most of it on mute because I couldn't be bothered to listen to the spiel because Lawrence Stroll always seems to just talk about something weird. Um, but from what I've like read, Nigel. Since, <laughs> yeah, like Nigel. Um, I imagine Lawrence Stroll would get on really well, apart from the fact that Lawrence Stroll like used to own Tommy Hilfiger. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> I digress again. Um, Aston Martin were, have been disappointing in recent years, particularly since their Racing Point um, and Force India guys being very 
punching above the belt and all of that kind of thing and being very thrifty as an F1 team. And and admittedly, that was um, um, a bad thing because they went into administration. But ignoring that side of it, competitively, they were very good and very thrifty. But now they sort of got a bit lost in recent years. But mm. you're right, Adam, to say that they had a very good renaissance through last year and they had a very good sort of adaptable team there. And they really, you know, they, they had their first concept. They realized, yeah, this isn't working. We they changed it again. They came to Spain with their B spec car, developed, developed, developed through the season, very much on the fly, and ended with a much better car than where they started. And they've continued that concept quite visibly. So with 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 the off-season opportunity to fix all the sort of small hangover problems that you will get when you're doing a B spec car quite early in a season. So Realistically, just on paper, Aston Martin should be relatively confident about um, where they're going to go. And on paper, they should do that. So if they don't, I think actually genuinely, they're a team I could see myself being very disappointed with um, in the yeah. first few races. Because I think they, they should be the team that's promoted the most in terms of where they were in Bahrain in 2022. They yeah, if, you, if you ignore McLaren, McLaren will last now. But yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly, yeah, but exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no I'd, I'd, I'd agree. I think they are the team with momentum on their side. I mean, the way should have probably got past Alfa Romeo in the constructor standings for, for some better strategy decisions, uh, perhaps in the final three, four races. Uh, you know, they should have finished a place high there. But I think... They are. This is the first car. What car that Dan that Dan Fallows has like got complete control of, and that could make a difference because he is one of the best tech people in F one over the last decade or so. I think so. There is a lot of excitement. There's a lot of talk about have they found loopholes or does these amazing innovations they have? Well, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be quick because you might have found or your you car might look different or you might have found something, but it doesn't mean it's going to be going to perform on track but I do think they will be at the sharp end at the sharp end of the midfield this year I just think they're going to carry on that momentum that they had from last season and I think, I think that's going to be the case for most of the teams actually what we saw in the second half, half of last year we're going to get in the first part of this year that's how I kind of see it for, for most teams yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting kind of tacking on to what Freddie said about they weren't kind of that bold and they were very thrifty. And, you know, this is this is probably the boldest car they've had in that they've, you know, tracked Mercedes quite closely over the past few seasons, particularly the trading point in 2020. But, you know, this is this is the kind of biggest breakaway and doing their own thing. And they are talking about the, you know, loopholes and innovations that they think they found that will give them an edge. But you know, yes, they've copied um, or taken some stuff from Red Bull, like we talked about earlier in terms of um, the gap between the, yeah, kind of the big gap on the side pods, but Freddie wants to jump in. Yeah, well, um, they proved at the, the mid last season that they hadn't copied and that they de- started developing well, this concept yeah. it, prior it, to 2022 anyway. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's but kind they, of more a philosophy. They, they, yes, there's a philosophy they, yeah. they've not copied, but they've... Um, gone down a similar path to yeah. a proven successful path i think yeah no i, I wasn't a more accusing. generous interpretation 
yeah, no, I'd, and you know, having seen how it worked last year for most teams, then why wouldn't you, um, you know, follow that philosophy? But yeah, it does sound like they've got some tricks up their sleeve that are going to be original and are going to, they hope, put them ahead of the rest of the midfield. And I think particularly, we'll get on to McLaren in a minute, but they're not sounding very confident. So I think really it seems to be that fight for fourth or maybe even higher is there to take in between them and Alpine. So we'll have to see once the cars get on track, as we keep saying. But yeah, it, it's it's exciting for Aston. Obviously, they've recruited Dan Fallows. They've got a new, um, their new wind tunnel, which will be coming online to support um next year's car mainly but um they are you know they've got their new headquarters they're just really pushing and um Nigel mentioned this last week that compare them to say Alfa Romeo then even though they are a kind of you know the the a constructor team in name only or manufacturer team in name only in terms of you know it's still very in-house at Silverstone without the Aston Martin oversight but they are pushing they are innovating and they are trying to really build up their team and I, you know, it, it's nice to see a team being bold and hopefully they can be successful through that. Yeah, I, I agree. And they've got Fernando Alonso. Well, yeah, they're excited. That. Yeah, that's quite good. <laughs> so, yeah. And they've got future world champion Lance Stroll. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I do, this is what I do love about a Fernando Alonso is that he ended <laughs> his, his relationship with Esteban Ocon. Um, you know, 2021 with Ocon was like, yeah, uh, Esteban defends like a lion. Oh, I, I, I've helped him get this win and so on. We're such a team. Ends 2022. Yeah, he was trying to kill me. I can't wait to leave this team. Um, and then he, he immediately gets to Aston Martin. He goes, oh, look at this guy. He, he's a future world champion. He's fantastic. And it's just like... unique. You need characters like this in the sport. I absolutely oh, love these I, types I, of personalities. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And it's, it, it just really just... It makes me chuckle. It's like, yeah, you see a headline that just says, yeah, Fernando Alonso thinks Lance Stroll's going to be a uh, world champion in the future. And Lance Stroll doesn't think that. So it's impressive that <laughs> Lawrence Stroll doesn't think that either. No one asked him <laughs> that Lance's going to be a future world champion. Um, but, unless um, there's you know, <laughs> some wild event such as um, a global recession and every team goes bust. Apart from Aston Martin, and they can't afford Fernando Alonso. Fernando we'll Alonso goes bust as well. Um, yeah, yeah no, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with, with the lineup, then I think you've got Alonso as a very clear team leader, and Lance Stroll. You know, he won't be. Who um, will be high quality he's through a the whole season? But he is, yeah, and he's streaky points. as well. It, you know, he can go on a run. He can have those peaks, and it kind of. You know, sometimes he appears disinterested and I think there's still a lot of variance in how he can perform the season, but we will see good performances from him and strong performances from him. We'll also see some mm. kind of tearing your hair up performances. So I think they've got, they could be in a much worse position in terms of second drivers anyway. So yeah, that's Aston Martin with a lot of optimism behind there, them. There will be some annoyingly good Lance Stroll performances that will come just as most people have decided. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of done with Lance Stroll. I'm kind of done with his nepotism and things like that. We probably really do need to get a decent driver there. And then Lance Stroll will get into Q3 and get decent points or something. It's like, oh, oh okay. Because <laughs> he seems to do that. He yeah. does get... He does get consistent points finishes. Even and He had quite a few sort of rear-to-points um, rear drives last year, albeit 10th, maybe a ninth place every now and again. But um, his Abu Dhabi drive. If we if we're going by the the um the phrase "you're only as good as your last race," which I hate. By the way, I hate that phrase. It's just an awful phrase because it's not true. Um, and because but anyway, Lance Stroll is only as good as his what sixth or seventh place in Abu Dhabi or eighth, whatever. It was very good drive his race in Abu Dhabi, and you know, 
that genuinely is he's capable of that. So mm. he's also cap- I- capable of some not so good drives. So we'll see. Yeah. It'll be an up and down season. Um, but a team who thinks no. that they may be more down than up for the season is McLaren, yeah. who have already seemed to be downplaying, despite having the fourth best drive life on lineup on the grid as consensus on the winging f1 podcast then they seem to really be downplaying their chances and i think it could be a difficult season for mclaren nigel do you concur i think it could um it's a similar kind of feeling to mercedes i've got for them in terms of i don't think the technical team is up to scratch to get them back to winning races which is ultimately what they want they've had james key since 2019 now i Is uh, Earth card of say different cars, the three different cars they've had in 2020, 2021, 2022, they've all been let's say strange or they've had a narrow operating window or you need a, a, a unique driving style, and that can't be a coincidence now. The three top drive that, and I do fear that there could be another year where say Norris, it suits Norris but then it won't suit Piastri or vice versa perhaps uh, so again like Mercedes I don't have as much confidence in the, te- in, in, in the technical team I um, I kind of think yeah there's there's, there's his history to um, to make McLaren worried and We've discussed this before, and you do bring back, bring up the Ricardo thing, and you can compare that to the sort of second Red Bull seat as well, and the fact that it's been a, it's always been a for the past quite some time, it's been a really weird team, and I don't think they're confident they're on top of that at all, and they didn't make any progress with with that car from a sort of, um, from an understanding perspective last year that really worked. I think Norris was quite candid that it was a very difficult car to drive and it was very weird and very difficult to set up. And it doesn't seem like they've got any consensus on that and their launch is is measuring expectations. So with a rookie in the car, a rookie who's hugely rated and proved himself to be very adaptable, it, it, it could make or break that, but it could also just be very, very, very strange because it's, it's, it's inherently good McLaren in the midfield at the moment, but it's it's not for lack of trying to be bad from the car. It seems the car seems to want to be bad, but it's yeah, quite good. The the one thing that kind of gives me hope is they seem to um, be clearly slower than Alpine in terms of their car, and they still managed to take the battle for fourth right down to the last few races um, in twenty twenty two. So that's the only really ray of light the i see because yeah it just all of the noises coming out aren't good lando norris was saying really he expects it to be 2024 and 2025 that they can good that's why he signed his contract extension they've got they're a bit of a step behind aston martin in their infrastructure project so their winter will aid the 2024 car and then properly um you know be able to be put to full use on the 2025 so it feels like as a team they're still a couple of years away from their peak or they think that as a team, they're still a couple of years away from the peak that they expect. So yeah, it, you know, may, maybe so, so long now I've, 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 I've had yeah. enough of it. They've been saying it for so long, but to be fair, they're not saying it for the season. That's the only it's, it's... thing is they're not, they're not 
saying it for this season, they are expect. You know, it's not like we're getting halfway through the season and then they're going well. It's not going to be our year. They seem to be coming out feeling pretty apprehensive about it, and they're yeah, they're not kind of really pushing it. I think the other big thing for me is Andreas Seidel leaving. It's just the same with Williams as well. The difference, so. Yes, I'm confident. I'm confident about Ferrari, even though dirteen principles left. But Ferrari made clear operational mistakes, had a fundamental operational team, race team problems. Whereas McLaren and Williams, it's just the car performance. And I think when a team principal leaves, when you're in that position, McLaren and Williams, that's never a good sign to me because it's not like Ferrari would have a clear strategy mistakes, for example. So I think side or leaving, that's also a big indicator. I think that the team isn't in the right place and won't be for at least three or four years, I think. Yeah, from from his point of view, it is a step down the grid now. So it's, mm. you know, or, or certainly from last step season. Step off the grid, really, isn't it, for now? For some Well, time. yeah, but it's going to a project that is starting from further back for 2026, yes. but he clearly thinks that it's got more potential and that is telling. I think, I think, I think there yeah. are elements to that, and I think we discussed it at the time, there are elements to it that, for Seidel as a personal position, it's a move that suits him better anyway to from to 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 be working for a, a German manufacturer and things like that rather than um in England. But putting that one side, it is a loss for them because he has been a sort of glue for that team in a very good way. So if he if he thought McLaren could get back to winning ways, I do not think he would have left personally. Yeah. Just given given his career in, in motorsport yeah. and work and that kind of thing. You know, he doesn't strive as that kind of person who would leave if he saw potential. Yeah, I think that's a very good, very good point, actually. Um, you you do sort of stick by your team if it's if it's if it's, if it's where you're sort of where you your loyalties will lie much easier when it's successful. You're very right yeah. with that. Um what, what I, do you think it's of, an enigma this quarantine? What do you think of the car? No, no, go go for the it. Look. The I they, they, I think McLaren was the the big weight saver team last year. They rocked up with black and all over the car at Bahrain pretty quickly and stripped it down. And uh, from a pure aesthetic point of view, I think it looked a bit untidy last year. But I think they cleaned that up a bit for this season. But I do think if you look at the, and I, I spotted this first in the McLaren, but you can see it a bit if you look at other cars. But particularly the front on view, it looks like it's breathing in in its mouth and like pouncing <laughs> its lips. If, um, so sort of, I, if this is more for a YouTube listener, uh, YouTube viewer, but it's sort of doing like a Des- describe kind of thing. What kind of shape you like did there? Like, <laughs> like a pouting fish, yeah. but with a human face. Um, if you look at the the front view of the McLaren, um, that's my impression of the look of the yeah. McLaren. Yeah, I think last year the problem, especially in Bahrain, when they were basically the, the slowest team, is. It to me, it seemed they went far too conservative with the design. Uh, I think it's a bit more, more aggressive looking this year, naturally, but uh, it's hard to say uh, with, with McLaren, I think. So Alpine have just launched their car about five minutes ago, and it's very yeah. similar to last year, but the pink one has a bit more pink on it. Freddie, what are your reactions? Um, I like the fact they're doing this to livery thing again because it's nice i think it is a clean livery i like the livery um i have nothing else to say i mean like i that's brilliant i really liked the uh 
the Alpine like test livery or or kind of preview livery that they've done that is all black. Um, which I don't know if they did last year. They definitely did it in 2021. Um, and that would have been if they could have gone. Any team would go back back rather than the Mercedes, really. But they've not done that. They have got more black on it for weight saving. But uh, yeah, I've always liked yeah. their blue. I've always liked their their Alpine blue. To be honest, I think it's a very very nice color. So I'm okay with that car being that color dominantly. There we go. There's some color. Anyway. Uh, from from what I've seen. It, I mean, obviously, every team has not shown the full hand in terms of the 2023 car. It does look like Alpine have shown possibly the least, apart from the Red Bull and Haas. Uh, no, Haas was this year, wasn't it? Was Haas, Haas was uh, livery launch. Yeah, Haas was. Yeah, so apart from apart from Red Bull and Haas, this looks like the least 2023 car from what I've seen because it doesn't look like many changes there. Uh, so. Yeah, I can't really judge anything on the looks. But what I can say is, I do think, uh, well, it's interesting, Alpine, because the management structure or the management in general over the last few years has been quite poor <laughs> in uh, certain times. Uh, obviously, with the Piastri thing and the way they handled Alonso and Ocon, uh, and Ocon's Athnau obviously came in uh, this time last year. Uh, so it has been a bit chop and change. But they've managed to create a good car last year, and I think they will do the same this year because they've still got Pat Fry uh, and the other people. Matt Herman? Was that his name? I forgot his name. Is it Matt Herman? I can't remember. Uh, but they've still got the same technical people. I only remember Pat Fry, to be honest, and he's got a very good track record um, of making teams, of giving teams decent turnarounds. Um so I, I I agree with you. I think they, they've they've set themselves a target of being closer to P three than P four P five this year in a P four position, which is an interesting one considering they were very close to being P five last year and not very close to being P three at all. So I'd be interested to see whether that's one of those quotes that just they hope gets lost or whether it's you know a genuine step from them into a sort of upper midfield lower front pack kind of position because that would be very cool if they can do that kind of development and you know they're very open about the fact they need to develop a lot to be able to be a competitive force for the next few years um and need to develop a lot more than just by you know they're, they're very open about a lot of teams say oh yeah we just do our development structure but you know they're very good at saying well no we need to out develop by a significant amount to be have any hope of being realistic about anything um so it's interesting to see they've said this unrealistic <laughs> statement. But anyway, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm intrigued to see where they end up. They've obviously lost Fernando Alonso, but um, they're a team that should be doing well. So hopefully they do do well. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of have faith in them. I think it could be, it could be a weird one where they maybe are closer to the front, but aren't as close with Aston Martin potentially improving and Mercedes I reckon will also improve because they were fighting Mercedes um, especially at the start of last season so I think it could be a weird one where they do they kind of improve like in a vacuum as a team but actually they are that that doesn't reflect in the results and in the standings so yeah I'd, and you know drive lined up I think Gasly and Ocon is pretty strong Ocon we all know he's very talented and Gasly was one of the top five drivers in 2021 um or definitely in that conversation so yeah i i have 
Freddie's nodding along, um, but also doing a lot of Facebook impressions. I watched this on YouTube. Watch just this bit on YouTube because it's a good, um, good. good performance from Freddie. I, but I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, let's, it's not a Gasly rating podcast, so I'll shut up. Okay, I, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty, yeah, it's a very competent driver lineup, and I, like Nigel said, they have been able to do the business. You know, they took a step forward last season. They weren't too bad in 2021 either. So yeah, I, I think there's kind of definitely potential there but it's i just feel like they might be out improved by the teams around them fun fun gasly fact for people who are interested in this kind of gasly watch um he can now grow more facial hair on his top lip so he's not got that sort of just lower cheek beard he's got a full beard now so yeah fun how does he change that because he's matured oh fun um just over the winter. <laughs> He's just been able to grow a thicker one, I guess. But Alpine, the thicker mosh. They are the only team who I own a pen of. Oh, Adam is now showing us a pen. Great. <laughs> um, that's cool, Adam. Well done. I'm proud of you. I'm Another fun that, Alpine fact that I just saw on Twitter, um, <laughs> is is that the blue paint is made from recycled plastic. Oh, it's it's quite a cool fact. I mean, like you know, fair enough. Nice little bullet point for a press release and also probably quite nice, just in general, to do. Another Alpine fact is I've been watching the Alpine Skin World Championships over the last 10 days. Hey, there we go. Hey. And now we're officially a skiing podcast. That was so in sync for doing it on Zoom with a delay. It's fantastic. I tried to do it a little bit quicker than you to try and make it work. Yeah, I don't know whether also the delay like syncs up perfectly with the kind of or if it's even worse a beat a bar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, another Alpine fact is I will be watching the Alpine stages of the Tour de France this year. So there we go, <laughs> trifecta. Um, have we got anything else? Alpine, to... no, I'm joking. <laughs> have, we, have we got anything else to add? Um, I can't I'm follow sure that. What you guys have just done? <laughs> yeah, we probably can't follow the Ski Sunday theme. Um, watch Ski Sunday. It's on a no, Sunday. Watch... Watch Eurosport on Discovery Plus or all oh. the Alpine Skiing World Cup and World Championship races. Yeah, that's fair enough. We actually probably shouldn't promote BBC. No, you shouldn't. I like the BBC. I like BBC. <laughs> they rejected me. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Unless oh. anyone jumps in with something, then yeah, that is it. For now, we'll there's testing next. I wonder week. if someone just jumps into the Zoom call now and with something and just says it. There's some complete oh, strength. I mean, there's there's no like waiting room, so they could. It's just uh, exactly to guess the exact like ID and password. But yeah, the next we should week... put a Zoom link out when we start recording this on Twitter and see what happens. Oh, that's great! We can do that's actually a good idea. I like that. I like that. That's we're content. That. It's like we're going to do a live Q and A episode where people can just join the Zoom call. Goodness me! Hundred eight? Is it hundred eighty? Yeah, hundred eighty. And then it's just hello, the same person. Leave, please. Oh, dear. If um, you want to be part of the podcast, let us know on Twitter at Winging It F1 or at Adam Dickinson. We're not, a, we're not counting for people to be part of the podcast, but if you want or to, at, then do. You, well, yeah, you can always like ask. Or say no. you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, chances are we will say no. Yeah. 
unless one of us is quitting, which isn't going to happen for a few months at least. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, when's Nigel planning to quit? Yeah, have you got well, uh, you it's cool. so, what's, what's okay, guys? We've now seen every F1 car for 2023. What's your big prediction for 2023? Mine is that Nigel's going to quit the podcast. <laughs> it won't be quitting. It'll be. Uh, Nigel's going to take a. I'm just going to take a forced <laughs> retirement from the podcast. Uh, yeah. Dis- a dishonorable discharge. <laughs> Nigel will leave by mutual consent from the wingy yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, my, actually, we, yeah. we've been doing. Uh, me and Nigel will. I've not actually made my prediction yet of how much, uh, what percentage <laughs> of this year Freddie's going to speak in podcasts. Um, but if. Nigel does leave, then that would really skew the predictions. So maybe <laughs> Nigel made his prediction knowing that he would leave and that therefore Freddie would be 50% of the podcast yeah. to begin with. So we shall see. Uh, but it'd be a great way exciting. to win the bet. It'd also be quite a large penalty to pay to win the bet. Um, <laughs> would it? <laughs> Nigel, Nigel. Bye, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. Um, Nigel, do you want to expand any more on, on this? or? Uh no, I think we should just say looking forward to testing because yeah, I will be excited anymore in his quit rumors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, testing will be starting on the 23rd, so next Thursday, a week today, as we're recording this, and less than a week as you're listening to it. Um, we yeah. will not sure whether we'll be doing a podcast before or whether we'll go straight into our season preview or what will be happening. We'll hopefully touch on a bit of F2 and F3 before the season starts as well, because that is happening. But yeah, we'll say bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this and we will see you next time whenever that is. Goodbye. 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 Bye. Goodbye.